Well, we are in a series, First um, John, talking about live like Jesus. But this morning, I wanted to take, I wanted to do a little sidestep, take a break from that series. Actually, though, the message that the Lord gave me is right on point uh, with the series. But um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit this morning about the cross before Pentecost. The cross before Pentecost. We've been talking a lot about discipleship and how it's God's way to disciple, how that's what Jesus did. He took those men aside, those men and women aside, and he really poured into their life. He discipled them, and it was all about relationship. It was all about uh, uh, reproducing, right, reproducing himself. And then those who were discipled, they were to then reproduce themselves. And we've been talking a lot about this. And uh, my wife and I were talking this week, and the Lord just hit me right across the head with something that I think is so heavy and so necessary. It's so elementary, it's so well-known, but it's so foundational and it's so necessary if we are going to go on unto full stature. Amen. It's something that we not only have to know, but we have to live out every day of our lives. If you have your Bible this morning or a way to get to Scripture, please turn to the book of John, St. John, not 1 John, but St. John chapter 12. And we're going to look at a verse of Scripture that I had to read over a few times, actually. The first time I read it, I had to read it over a few times to really get what Jesus was doing here, to get the crux of what was happening. The book of John, the Gospel of John, St. John chapter 12, beginning at verse 20, says this in the New King James Version. It says, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, And in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. Now, when I read this passage of scripture, and I don't know about you, and you just heard this and read along with me, you read this passage of scripture to kind of give a summary of this brief passage of scripture. To me, what happened was there were some people who were coming up to worship. And among those people, there were some Greeks, okay? And these Greeks that were in the midst of all of these people wanted to actually see Jesus. We wanted to see the man. And so what they did was, they said, all right, we see one of his disciples, Philip. Let's let him know, hey, we'd like to see Jesus. We'd like to talk to him for a little bit. So Philip said, all right, great, cool, that's fine. You know, let's, let me go uh, get him. So he went, found Andrew and said, hey, Andrew, I got some guys out here, some Greeks. 
They want to see Jesus. Let's, Andrew said, all right, well, let's go tell Jesus. So they went to go tell Jesus, hey, there's some people out here who want to see you. You would think that Jesus would have said, okay, well, great, you know, send them in or give me just a minute, freshen up, whatever it is, or I'm talking to someone and I'll go see them. Jesus launches into some other, you know, oratory about how a grain of wheat must fall to the ground and die. And if it doesn't, I mean, if it doesn't, it'll be alone. And if it does, it'll produce much fruit. And he goes on and on. And I don't know about you, but if I'm one of the Greeks or if I'm Philip and Andrew, I'm going, well, I just, some people just wanted to see you. I didn't know why you went into all this other stuff. You know, I really, I'm not understanding, you know. But how many know that Jesus was always teaching? He always had a, he always had a bigger vision in mind. Always, even with the simplest things, Jesus had some things that he needed to share. And Jesus knew that his time was short. He knew that the time was coming where he would not be with them in the flesh. He would send his spirit to be with them. So though they may have been a little confused, sometimes you need to step back and see what the man is saying. Listen, anytime you read something where somebody asks Jesus a question and he answers with some other oratory that doesn't sound like it has anything to do with the question, you know, it almost sounds like my son always tells this joke about how he interprets math class. You know, he reads these story problems and the way he reads them is, you know, if Johnny had four apples and Sue came along and took one apple, uh, what's the circumference of the sun, you know? And uh, that, that's how he looks at, you know, these math problems. And, I'm, and uh, you know, it's like the answer is something totally different than what you were asking. And anytime you see Jesus do that, you know there's something deeper that you need to pay attention to. You need to dig a little deeper. You need to read it again. You need to pray about it and see, okay, what is Jesus really saying here? Because it's probably something that I need to know. And we talk a lot about in the church about You know, being prosperous, being blessed, walking in divine health, all the things that God wants us to do. Listen, he's given us all things to enjoy. Come on. And every pleasure is in his presence. At his right hand, the Bible says there are pleasures evermore. Peter quoted Isaiah and saying, by his stripes, we what? Were healed. Healing is already done. So divine health is there for us to walk in. Being prosperous is there for us. said, I would that you be prosperous even as your soul prospers. So it's no secret that God wants us to be blessed. To walk in the blessing of the Lord. To walk in the kingdom way. Healthy and happy in all our relationships. Out of debt. Come on. In every area of our life, the Bible says, oh, no man anything but to what? Love him. And so God wants us blessed. Here's what I want to tell you this morning, though. Here's something that Jesus is telling us in order to walk in the blessing, in order to live the blessing that you have to have down. If you don't have this, there's no sense in talking about prosperity. If you don't understand what Jesus is telling his disciples and the Greeks in this passage of scripture, no sense in talking about walking in divine health and prosperous relationships if you don't have this down. And so what is he saying? Well, 
what does it mean to daily take up your cross? Because what Jesus is really saying here to me is, there's the cross before Pentecost. Come on, everybody wants that Pentecost. Everybody wants the spirit to fall, revival to happen, healing to come, restoration between fathers and the sons, between mothers and daughters, a church just to overcome and to be an influence in the city. Come on, marriages to be restored. All of these things to happen. We want Pentecost, but sometimes we don't want to pay the cost. Come on. Sometimes we don't want the cross, but the cross is necessary for Pentecost. Jesus had to go through the cross first before he could then send his spirit. We always want the fruit of everything. Come on now. But we don't necessarily want to go through the effort of tilling the ground, watering the seed every day. Come on, watching it grow, pulling the weeds when it's necessary. You know what I'm talking about this morning? I'm talking about people. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people, saints. I'm talking about to grow each other, we need to be patient with each other. That's what I'm talking about. This, And this is really what Jesus was talking about. He said, take up your cross and follow me. The cross... Saints was a horrid symbol of death and shame. Come on. A person hung on the cross so long until their skeletal structure just collapsed and they finally suffocated to death without air. Their body just drowned in their own fluids. That sounds disgraceful, doesn't it? Every day we are to live in such a way that it is apparent to everyone that we die to ourself and our selfish ways and our selfish ambitions that we live for God. And so Jesus is trying to get this across to us, even in this passage of Scripture. Very briefly, I just want to share with you three things that I think are necessary. And I hope this morning that this is an encouragement to you. Not an admonition, not a rebuke, anything like that, but it's an encouragement to know that by his spirit we can live this way. We can have all things to enjoy, but we must have this down. There's three things that Jesus wants us to know in this passage of scripture. Very simple, uh, very rudimentary, very fundamental, uh, very well known, but we need to get it down in our spirit if we're going to go on unto full stature. Number one is that death is necessary to produce fruit. It has to happen, saints. Has to happen. There's no other way to produce fruit. You notice in verse 24, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. The only way to have a connection, the only way to have success, the only way to have happiness is to do it Jesus' way. If you don't die to self, Jesus says, not only will you not be prosperous, not only will you not be fruitful, but you will remain alone. Now that's heavy to me because I don't want to remain alone. You will have the illusion of connection. You may have the illusion of inclusion, but know this for certain, it is only an illusion. Listen to me now. People will smile at your face. 
and they'll frown behind your back. People will laugh with you while you laugh, but they will curse you once you've gone. Because you're not really living like Jesus. You're just putting on an air that you're living like. You talk the talk, but you're not walking the walk. See, people will agree with you in conversation, but they will find ways to avoid you in silence. Be a person that people don't necessarily want to be around unless they have to. This is the way the world looks at the church, saints. Come on now, I'm putting it on Front Street this morning. Now don't get me wrong, I'm talking about being prosperous. Don't, don't, don't lose the vision. I'm talking about being blessed. I'm talking about overcoming. I'm talking about what God told Joshua. Listen, you will make your own way successful. You will make your own way prosperous. And this is what Jesus is telling us. But if we don't have this die to self down, we'll never get there. It's the opposite that the way the world does it. It's the opposite of the world. In order to deal with people, and that's what Jesus is all about. See, we can't be selfish. It can't be about, well, I'm going to overcome. I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I'm going to be prosperous. I don't know what all you guys are going to do, but I'm going to be healthy. No, that's not the way that Jesus looks at it. Now, we have to care about each other. In fact, you have to care about your brother, your sister, more than yourself. Come on. In order to deal with people, it takes dying to ourselves to be Come alive in God so that we can give to others. We must die to self. You know, we've talked a lot about, I'm just going to lay this on the line this morning, if it's all right. I know at least in this church, and, and I'm sure in lots of other churches, we talk a lot about, hey, listen, you know, we're going to bring in the harvest. People are going to come in. They may not be what you're used to. You know, they may be... Uh, you know, this and that are different than the way you're used to uh, being. They may dress differently. They may have this kind of hair or whatever it may be. We talk a lot about that. But I begin to wonder, and I'm talking about the church as a whole, not life church, because you heard the testimony this morning. Uh, I just love this church and the way we're loving. But I'm talking about the church as a whole. I begin to wonder sometimes in the church as a whole, is, is that just a lot of talk? Or when people really come in, do we really accept them? Do we really uh, love them like Jesus would love them? When the rubber really meets the road, I'm talking about. Do they, because they don't fit into our programs. You know, we're talking about rebooting Wednesday nights and we're going to have ideas and, you know, things that we're going to do and we're going to do things this way. And we got this program for the young adults and we got this program for the youth and for middle school and for these and those. And these people come in, they don't fit into our program. Well, maybe you need to go to another church down the way or we're not going to pick those kids up or we're not going to do this with those people because they don't fit into our program. I want to tell you something this morning, be very frank with you. None of the disciples fit into Jesus' program. I can tell you that this morning, none of them, except Judas. Because it was prophesied from the beginning that Jesus would have to die on that cross and that he would be betrayed. But they didn't fit into Jesus' program, how he came and Jesus loved people and he prayed for people and he healed people. But yeah, Peter's cutting off ears and, you know, John's talking about uh, let's get fire from heaven and destroy this city. Come on. They didn't fit into his program. 
But yet he was patient and he molded them and he shaped them. And you know what that's going to take? That's going to take dying to yourself. It really is because it's not the way you would do it. It's certainly not the way I would do it. Listen, I, I always say it. I'm talking into a mirror. <laughs> Come on now. I grew up in church just like many of you. And so, yeah, I'm talking into a mirror saying, listen, you have, to, you have to rethink. You have to think outside of the box. And really, it's not outside the box. You have to think inside the box that Jesus has. We're already outside the box because we made our own box. Come on. But we need to get back to the fundamentals. Matthew 16, 24 says this. It said, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and then follow me. Don't just come following me. First of all, deny yourself. Take up your cross. This is why the rich young ruler, you know it well, had problems. Jesus actually gave this passage of scripture to the rich young ruler just in different words. Rich young ruler said, hey, listen, I want to come follow you right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Deny yourself. Well, I don't know about that. Take up your cross. Uh, then you can follow me. And he walked away sad. Couldn't deny himself. Couldn't take up his cross. You only have the illusion, saints, of following Jesus if you have not denied yourself and taken up your cross. And that means killing yourself, this selfish way, selfish ambitious ambition selflessness, self-centeredness, unless we kill that. But what we want to do, I love what Pastor Lou used to say. He would always tell me that, he'd say, listen, Michael, what people want to do is put their flesh up on the cross. Put it up there. That's right. That's right. I'm denying it. I'm killing myself. It's on the cross. But then it's not a quick death. It's a slow death. And it begins to hurt a little bit. You know, somebody will say something about you. Somebody doesn't look the way that you want them to look. And so you get offended a little bit. And so it, it's a slow death, and it hurts a little bit. And so all of a sudden you feel sorry for it, and you take it down off the cross. And you say, okay, I'll do it again later. And then you put it back up on the cross. All right, I'm ready. I'm going to kill myself. I'm denying myself. Lord, I surrender all. I sang all three verses and the chorus five times, I surrender all. And then all of a sudden on Monday, somebody offends you and you begin to take that thing down off the cross. We need to leave that thing there until it has suffocated to death. We need to kill it. When Luke tells this same story about denying yourself, he clarifies that we are to take up our cross daily. And then Paul said, I die what? Daily. Daily. Another translation of this verse in the New Living uh, Translation says, if any of you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. So what does that mean? Deny yourself means others come before you. Plain and simple. As a church, we need to deny ourselves, meaning that others come before us. If we want to grow in people and grow people, they have to come first. Right? They, so everybody's not going to fit into your box, into your little program. We have to shape them. All we, we need to preach Jesus. Jesus is the only way. All right? That's the, the non-negotiable. Jesus is the only way. There is no other God besides Jesus. He's the only way to heaven. He died on the cross for the remission of your sin. He rose again on the third day. 
Come on, and all power was given to him in heaven and in earth. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him on the third day, you will be saved. That's the non-negotiable that we have to give to people. All these other things about, well, do we have a guitar in the song or do we, do we sing this kind of song? Is it a black gospel song? Is it a CCM song? Are we going to sing hymns? Or are we going to sing that? that that's all, all that stuff is just window dressing. All that stuff is just opinion and different flavor and all that. We can do all of it. Come on, we can do all those types of different things. Even when it comes down to how we dress, do I dress this way or do I dress that way? Do I have to have on a tie? Do I have to have a dress all the way down to here or no? You know, what do I have to do? What did these folks have to do? They wore sandals. Come on. Now, I'm not focusing on dress or music and any of those things, but I'm focusing on the heart this morning. Come on. I'm focusing on our heart this morning. We have to love people. If you do that, I promise you, you will overcome in every area of your life. Come on. You will overcome. Number two, focus your life on making other lives better. You know what I have this morning? Really, I have three points that are the same point. I'm just telling it to you different ways so you'll get it when you get out of here, okay? Focus your life on making other lives better. Try it. It's one of those things, try it, you know, kind of like a new diet a new drink or something, you know, try it. Just try it. See if you like it or not. I guarantee you, you have not known satisfaction until you focus your life on making other lives better. You've not known it. Jesus told his disciples here in verse 25, he who loves his life will lose it. So just try to hang on to it and you'll see what happens to your life. (laughs) He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, what's that? That's not talking about hating yourself. Come on, saints. No, but it's talking about your selfish ambition. It's talking about your selfishness, your self-centeredness. Hate all those things about the flesh. And if you hate those things, you'll have eternal life, life forevermore with all things to enjoy. Come on now. Your dad, we're talking about Father's Day, your daddy not only owns everything, I'm not talking about he's a big time CEO, I'm talking about your daddy made everything. Come on now, I'm talking about your daddy breathed and stars came out, all right? That's your daddy, all right? How can you not be blessed if you just simply follow his program? I would think if anybody knows how to be blessed, it would be the Lord. (laughs) Come on. He made it all. He made money. Come on, he made everything. And so we just need to follow his plan. Where is our focus to be then? It is certainly not on ourselves. In fact, this concept is what I call the polar opposite of the world. So that's even, if you understand that phrase, that's not the opposite, like we're opposites, opposites attract. It's the polar. It means you couldn't get any more different than those two. You know, we, we visited one of my friends from work. He had a retirement party yesterday. And we went to a graduation party, and we visited one of my friends. Now, we live in Brownsburg, Indiana, so it's northwest side. This guy lives in New Pal. You guys know New Pal very well. In fact, we were going to call you and ask you about the church in New Pal as we were going down there. And when, I, when we were over his house, I was thinking, this is like the polar out. You could not get any further apart from this side of the city all the way to this side of the city, you know? And this concept here is the polar opposite of the world. I mean, all of it, giving, 
Come on. Focusing on others before ourselves, that's the polar opposite. That's why sometimes it's so, and I understand it, because we've grown up, we have, uh, you know, we, we've been instilled with the ways of the world. Listen, we've gone to school, you know, we've been part of our family, we've been part of society, we've been part of a workforce and all those type of things. And so we've learned certain habits and certain ways that we think. But what Jesus is trying to get us to do is to see, I have the original way. This is not a new way, saints. It's not a new way of thinking. This is actually the original way of thinking, to focus on others more than yourself. The world would say if you want to be successful, if you want to have a thriving, successful life, you must look at yourself above others. You must get your retirement program together. Right? You must get your savings account, get it all built up. All right? You must do all these things for yourself first. Then you can help others. Jesus is saying just the opposite of that. And it, has, and it doesn't mean you don't take care of self. Come on. doesn't mean that. But he's saying you must focus on others. You must be a giver. Amen. Pastor Jerry said it last week. Try giving. You really want to prosper? Try giving. Yeah. Right? Didn't he say that? You really want favor with your boss? Try showing some love. Huh? Try being obedient. Come on, it's the polar opposite. This concept says forget about yourself, focus on others, and you will have eternal life. By the way, we're talking about people, and we can't pick and choose whose lives we help make better and whose we simply don't because we don't like them or they don't fit into our box. Can't pick and choose. We must focus on everyone else. Come on. Listen, Jesus is saying a seed must be planted, then given time to grow. It must be given time. We can't do something and say, okay, three weeks, that didn't work. You know, these people, they're not listening. They're still dressing the same way. They're still talking the same way. So you know what? Forget it. Can't do that. Jesus didn't do it. He didn't do it with you. I know he didn't do it with me. Because if it would have been that way with me, I'd still be wallowing around at the pig's pen. Come on. Didn't do it. Jesus wants us to prosper. And number three, go ahead and put it up, comes from verse 26 where he says, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Listen, it's very simple. It's what we've been talking about. Live like Jesus. Very simple. Live like Jesus. I know it sounds so simple. And there's only one way to do it is to read about Jesus' life, and try to do that. See what he did, and do that. We as people want to experience that harvest, but we don't have the patience sometimes to nurture the seed that is planted. He nurtured those men for three years, day in and day out, every day. Come on. When, when the Bible says uh, there's no greater love than a man to lay down his life for a friend, you know, we think of that and we think, okay, I'm a, a bus is coming, I'm going to push him out the way, and the bus hits me instead of them. And, you know, really what that's talking about is everyday life. You have your wants, you have your desires, you have your plans, you have all the things that you planned on doing, but here comes someone interrupting your life who needs some help. They're calling you because they need prayer. They need you to come pick them up, or they want to talk you know, about something, about their husband and, you know, how he's not acting right. And they just want to go on and on and on. You've told them several times, you know, 
Stop being so nice to him or whatever it is you told him. And they keep doing the same thing over and over and they want to talk to you. They're interrupting my life. Come on. You know, the game is on. I got things to do. I got to cut the grass. You know, my kids game. I got stuff to do. I wanted to do that. I had some errands to run and now I got to talk to you for an hour and a half because you like to talk. Yeah. In many areas of our life, we want to experience the Pentecost without the cross, but we must realize that it's God's way or no way. <laughs> the only way to be successful is his way. Now, when these things happen to us, something unfair happens, and instinctively, we want to get even. But we have died to that right. I know that sounds kind of harsh. I hope this, it sounds kind of a harsh message this morning, but really, to me, it's very encouraging to just, because you don't have any worries now. You just die to self. I don't have all those hang-ups of, oh, you know, it's, oh, my God, like I was this morning, you know. And uh, so I need to die to self. <laughs> you don't have all those hang-ups and all those worries. Listen, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's just not that big of a deal, right? I want to make you happy. You know, one of the things that I'm still learning, and, uh, I, well, I, I know it. You know how you know something, but now you've got to act it out. Like, you know you need to lose weight, but now you've got to really do it, you know, type of thing. And... Uh, one of the things that I, I know, and I've known for a long time, but, I, but, but God is still working it into me, is that my, you know, I'll talk about purpose in life, and I feel like I have a purpose, you know, pastor this church, this great church, be a good son to my father, uh, you know, build people up, be a great uh, husband, and be a great father, and have a great ministry, and, you know, go overseas and do all these things, and heal people and all that, and, and you know, my, my biggest purpose in life my greatest purpose in life is to make sure that that woman uh, fulfills her purpose. That, that's my purpose. It's <laughs> to make sure she fulfills her purpose. If she doesn't fulfill her purpose and I haven't, and I contributed to her not fulfilling it by not supporting her and not helping to make sure, then I'm at fault. And I'll have to stand in judgment before God because of that, you see. And so all of us have that in our life to make sure others fulfill their purpose. God's still working that in. Come on now. You may go to my grave still working it in. <laughs> Come on. But we got to be going that way. That's, that has to be our thought process. You know, hopefully we humbly submit our will to God's will and we respond in kindness and humility. Come on. Will you always do this right the first time? Of course not. We fall, we fail, we make mistakes. Life is a journey. God understands that over the years, come on, we've created habits in our heart, right, that are not easily broken. And he is patient with us as we learn and walk in a new path. Nevertheless, we are called daily, humbly, to submit our will to his. So I just want to tell you, don't be frightened this morning by this message. God is not standing over you watching, saying, see, see, you didn't do it. That's not what God is doing, but he's encouraging you. He doesn't have a scowl on his face with folded arms, no. But God is encouraging you every moment of every day. Remember this verse from Psalm 1611. It says, you make known the path of life, O Lord. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. The path of discipleship, saints, is the path of joy, but it is also a path that is different. Why? Because Jesus 
is different. Jesus is not like the world. So what I think God is wanting us to do this morning and, and for the rest really of our time is he's wanting us to have a different perspective and a different view on life starting today. Because we talk about, listen, others come first, joy, Jesus first, others second, yourself last and having joy. But walking it out is a much different thing, isn't it? I mean, if you would really admit it, it's a much different thing, right? Come on, we fall, we fail, we stumble. And there are some things in, in Peter where Peter talks about, if you do these things, you will never fail. You will never fall. You will never stumble. I want us to think differently beginning today. If you're going to be prosperous, if you're going to be healthy and walk in divine health, if you're going to have fulfilling, fruitful relationships, not only in this church, but in your families, come on, with your friends and with others, if you're going to be an example, if you're going to leave a legacy, then we have to get this down. We need to start thinking differently starting today. Stand to our feet this morning.